0: Previously, on those were the days. Um, I fit that Venn diagram of seven year olds who love get smart. <laughs> oh wow, that intro
1: makes
2: him look cool. But he's not anywhere that cool in the rest of the show. A lot of RD <laughs> budget went into Inspector Gadget. And so my father was always trying to get me to watch Get Smart,
0: and I'm like, it is just not as good, Dad, I'm sorry. He's more machine now than man.
2: The secret meeting Never that no right. one's supposed to know about is changing from three o'clock to one thirty. At this point I'm wondering,
0: does he even have lungs? Why did we throw out all those toys? And the thing (laughs) that Gadget is
2: really, really angry about is that pleasure boating has no place in a busy waterway like this.
1: Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience.
2: (laughs) Welcome in to Those Were the Days. It's the show where we look at classic TV through a modern lens, but with nostalgic eyes. I'm your host this week, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis, and joining me to talk about our show, it's Audie, I Want to Believe Norman.
1: The truth is out
2: there. We've got Stephen Roswell, Roswell Adams.
0: I'm so bleepity bleep happy to blee on this bleeping show.
2: (laughs) And we have... Amy, you bet your blankety-blank frost. Um, guys, where, where's Amy? And why is her video feed just a picture of her with an alien head? Uh,
0: oh, you know, it's got to be a, a gas ball balloon. Gas balloon. Uh, Neptune. I, Definitely so, Neptune.
2: Yeah, so she, she did send me cryptically an email just a little while ago with all her thoughts and notes on the X-Files with the, with the message of make sure this gets out in the public. It's very strange. Audie, what do you know about this?
1: I don't know. I'm not getting any signal from Amy at all. Okay, that's weird.
2: Uh, well, I mean, she did say that we need to get the truth out there. So I think we just keep going with the show, right? I mean...
0: The only possible thing we can do. All right. Well, is what Amy, she would have wanted. You know? It is.
2: It is what she would want. Amy would want us to do this. So, so tonight we're starting special guest stars month on the show and we're talking about one of my favorite shows, uh, from my youth was, uh, the X-Files it's season three. It's episode 20 and the title is Jose Chung's from outer space. So tonight we're exploring the strange and the unknown, the stories from distant corners of what we call reality, alien abductions, men in black, and more special guests than you can shake a piece of sweet potato pie at. Um, first, before we get started, I want to get your backgrounds with the show, starting with Audie. Uh, by the way, you're dressed impeccably as an FBI agent. I love the look.
0: The audio listeners are truly missing truly. everything that Audie has done to make this the best the best video we've ever had.
2: It's fantastic. So, so what's your background with uh, The X-Files?
1: I watched The X-Files like crazy. Um, I remember it being just Friday night viewing. I remember what we do. We'd go out. We usually go out for pizza with the fam, go by the comic book store, and then come home and sit down for some X-Files. And I remember watching it from the beginning and just loving it for what it was, you know, it was something different. Um, it was something strange and it just sucked me in. So I was all about it.
2: Honestly, that sounds like an amazing Friday night, by the way, pizza, comic book store, then X files, you know, deal me in for that. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Uh, Steven, how about you? What, what kind of history do you have with the X files? If any,
0: none whatsoever, Travis, (laughs) (laughs) This continues to be a show where I learn more about your version of classic TV than I ever expected. And I'm real happy (laughs) about that. The most, the the grandest exposure I have, and this is is not grand at all, is being at a friend's house while his family was watching it and basically running through the living room and occasionally looking at the TV going, what is that? (laughs) But otherwise, like, running around playing some game. But I remember it was on the TV. Uh, And then, of course, the Pure Moods album. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that, that led to the, me knowing that that came from the X-Files by DJ whatever or something. I can't remember who made that. But it was always had that all-seeing eye mm-hmm. in the commercial. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the best I've got for X-Files.
2: Uh, so Amy did send me uh, information, and what she had to say was, uh, I was into the X-Files when it started, but I am, of course, a wimp. So at some point, things got too scary for me to keep watching. I don't specifically remember what got me or when I stopped. Nowadays, uh, with the way I am more into the supernatural, I listen to a lot of last podcasts on the left and the alien stories and Men in Black and Indigo Children, MK Ultra. It's all fascinating, um, and I loved X Files. I watched it from the beginning. I, I latched onto it. I, you know, I grew up with my dad liked sci-fi, so we watched a lot of science fiction stuff. When this show debuted, it was unlike anything we had really seen uh, at all, let alone for for a while on TV. It had a very cinematic look to it. Um, the episodes were filmed great. I loved the storylines. I liked how they had this mixture of, um, like, like mythology stories, but then these little bottle episodes, these one-offs, uh, kind of monster of the week stories. I remember going to see the movie The X Files: Fight the Future um, with with somebody in high school. We dressed as Mulder and Scully and went to the opening weekend of it. Uh, nice. years later nice. we, we discussed and we realized that it was a date and we, neither one of us really thought of it like that at the time. But I was like, <laughs> no, we definitely <laughs> went on a date and went and saw that movie. Cause like we had dinner and then went into the movie. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing that. Like I was all about the X-Files and watched a lot of it. Uh, and this is, this is in my top five episodes of the entirety of the series is the one we watched for this. Um, and what I loved about it was it's a bottle episode, but it deals with the overarching mythology of like alien abductions. That was the big thing with the X-Files was alien abductions, Mm -hmm. Uh, specifically Mulder wanting to find out more about alien abductions early on in the series. It's his sister was abducted when they were kids and she's never come back. And he's been trying to find out about that. And there's stuff that deals with his parents and just all sorts of stuff like that. Um, This one doesn't, doesn't go into that part of it at all. But this episode is so much fun and it fits our special guest stars because we have special guest star Charles Nelson Riley playing a character named Jose Chung. So this episode is structured in that Jose Chung is uh, a novelist and he is writing a novel about this story. And what I like is he classifies it as nonfiction science fiction. Uh, a whole new literary genre, but he is, uh, he is gathering information. So he's interviewing agent Scully. Uh, Agent Mulder refuses to talk to him, which I, I found hilarious. Um, And the whole episode takes place in these flashbacks of people telling the stories. And you're getting sometimes flashback inside a flashback of like somebody inside the storytelling is telling the story and it's brilliant. So as an episode, Steven, what did you think of this?
0: I loved from start to finish everything about this episode. It did all the things I love. It's the unreliable narrator. It's there are moments that are just laugh out loud funny. There's cringe moments. There's Jesse Ventura just rocking it. And I don't want to bear, we're going to talk about him. Mm-hmm. But just like it it's almost I don't know if X-Files, like, always leaned into a cheese ball factor, but this leaned into, like, it's, at the same time, you're like, what really happened? But you're also like, this is super weird, <laughs> like, the claymation stuff at the beginning, and, mm-hmm. like, I'm just, I, I turned it on, I'm like, wait, what year is this? What am I watching? <laughs> like, what is, what is going on? And I loved I loved Scully so much. I don't know these characters. I don't have a history with them. Um, sure. And I loved them. I loved Scully for being like, I don't even know why I'm here. And Mulder for being like, super, everybody's been abducted. That's the only explanation. Because out of these stories, even in real life, you get what you want to, mm-hmm. to read into it. You know? Oh, sure you can you can find you come at it with your bias and you just run with it um, and that i just i mean i just loved it when the credits rolled i was sad i was like <laughs> i'm i got to go back to work now and i don't want to i want more x-files well, so yeah you, a plus
2: you're in luck in that x-files is all over hulu so you can keep watching um, Sure. but we'll talk we'll talk a little bit more about this specific episode and some of the some of those points but i do want to get audie's thoughts on this You remember this episode, and is this one that you liked, or is it not one of your more favorite X-Files episodes?
1: I didn't remember this one until a certain point. In fact, I texted Travis as soon as that happened, when Mulder does his little scream in the middle of the episode. Like, whoever was telling that part of the story, what was it, one of the police officers, somebody said he was like, ah! I was like, oh my (laughs) gosh, it just hit me. And I remember Um, the rest of the episode. I remember parts you know, what it was doing. But yeah, this was a, it's funny because Steven's right. This is a super campy episode. Mm-hmm. And at the same time is so much an X files episode because that is Scully the mm-hmm. whole time. Like oh, yeah. that is Scully through and through. And that is Mulder through and through, you know, just thinking whatever could be possible
2: yep,
0: at all.
1: And it was great.
2: By the way, what you're referring to is uh, this sound.
0: <laughs> I was so glad that's that's the exact moment that I pinged you I was like Travis. Please tell me you're capping picture this episode because that was so well done. I I rolled off the couch. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen because the dude's just like, oh, there was this straight laced man who didn't react until he saw the body, and that was the reaction. And then he <laughs> saw
2: the body, and he did that.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> like. Tip of the hat to David Duchovny.
0: To oh my gosh, that man! Yes,
2: what he can so, do. Um, so, <laughs> so here's the thing with this episode. Uh, by the way, Amy did have in her notes, uh, man, David Duchovny was such a '90s heartthrob, and honestly, she's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: oh, then him the, and Scully both like.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody absolutely. loved both of them. Oh yeah, people and forget
1: wanted both of them.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so yes, they, they did. did. This this episode is somewhat atypical of the X-Files in that it does have a lot more humor and a lot more campiness to it than most do however it was a series that wasn't afraid to do that I remember there's a uh, episode in I want to say it's season two that dealt with vampires and at one point uh, Mulder is telling somebody about how vampires are uh, have OCD and then when a vampire comes into the room to like attack him he throws his bag of sunflower seeds at him and when they hit and fall on the floor the vampire is like oh, man come on now i got to pick these up and then picks them up and that's enough for him to get away like i distinctly remember that so like the the show wasn't afraid to be funny and lean into the silliness of it but this was like much more than normal um yeah. and there's definitely a lot of episodes that are very serious as well and very mm-hmm. straightforward uh played but one of the reasons that I like this episode so much is because it leans into that and it, it's not a fr- this is the third season they did. Uh, a, there's a total of 11 seasons of X-Files, but, but a couple of those are recent. Um, they, they started back up in 2016 after a long hiatus, but they did the first eight seasons. So this is three seasons in and they're already like poking fun at themselves. because mm-hmm. um, one of the things was like, uh, people would talk about David Duchovny's performance as Fox Mulder being very wooden, so of course they're going to make fun of that and have him be you know the mandroid right the the yeah. emotionless man in black who then says ah! so um and uh,
0: the, but it was his play, it was his plain face when that oh, happened yeah. by oh, the way it's uh, so brilliant without the done. visual it's not enough but with the visual it's it's just gut busting because mm-hmm. he just his mouth is the only thing that moves yep. when he yelps and it just goes right back to straight as an arrow
2: yeah. <laughs> Um, I absolutely love when, um, Scully is recounting her story and starts using the bleeping and because oh, they gosh. just work that in <laughs> yeah. without saying anything. And then they have to cut away and be like, well, you know, he didn't actually say bleeping. Um, and then they just <laughs> ran with that for the rest of the episode. They yes. kept doing it. That was and beautiful. I, I might have recorded a supercut of all of that. We'll, we'll see. I nice. we might play that later. Um, <laughs>
0: was so good.
2: But, like, you mentioned the unreliable narrator, and that was one of my favorite things about this episode, um, because you're getting all these, like, crazy stories. And, like, there's that whole moment where um, Mulder's in the diner with uh, the lieutenant, and then Jose Chung is like, well, that's interesting, because I have a friend who told me a story of the exact same night, and his is just 180 degrees different. And, like, so I love different. that stuff.
0: Maybe. It actually made me a little nauseous his version of the story because I'm like I'm gonna throw up watching him eat pie over and over and over. Oh my gosh! Just... I
1: hope they got that in just as few takes as possible because he does not take small bites at all.
0: No, that was the thing. It was this massive bite of sweet potato pie. I'm like, good lord. Yeah, I mean, he so probably had. What a... Do you know about aliens? Rah, 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 rah. I
2: like that it's <laughs> one question per slice of pie. Like, he asks the question and then eats the rest of the pie and orders another one to ask another question. Um, it's so weird. It is. Uh, but it's so much fun. Like, just the whole episode is is silly and it's fun. It's this weird, uh, you know, these kids get abducted by aliens. Um, I love the cold open, right? Because the cold open is very much like your standard kind of X-Files. Um, mm-hmm. It's got, I, I liked the, uh, the bucket truck. And you've got that underneath shot that looks like a spaceship and then it's, you know, it's just a bucket. And and then to have, like, that lead into the kids going down the road and your typical alien abduction of, like, the car dies and then the aliens show up. And all of that is, like, could have been any episode of the X-Files right up until the third alien shows up. And it's this (laughs) Ray Harryhausen, uh, which, by the way, was another one of Amy's uh, notes, was this is some Harryhausen nonsense. Um, this Ray Harryhausen looking thing stop motion and then the way that the two gray aliens react to it all of a sudden they're speaking English and it's like Jack what the hell is that how should I know Um, and that because I remember watching this episode when it aired and that was when you knew oh we're in for one of these episodes like we're going to have some fun here Um,
1: that or you're wondering is this X-Files is this the right
0: show (laughs) what am I watching really
2: and then it just gets better from there now Charles Nelson Riley is your main special guest star. But, mm-hmm. Stephen, you already mentioned him. When the Men in Black show oh, up, yeah. it's Jesse Ventura. and
0: Jesse the Body oh, Ventura, gosh. baby.
2: That entrance of the Men in Black is such a great scene. Because one of the things that this episode did great was when uh, Rocky starts to tell his story. And he's like, the weirdest thing happened. And then we go into a flashback, right? So we're we're flashback inside our flashback. And the the whole thing happens where the car like pulls in and they do, you know, weird stuff with the film so it looks odd and the car pulls in and they start he rolls down the window and the way he delivers that line is just like, you know, the the thing most misassociated with UFOs is the planet Venus. And then there's that shot of Rocky where he's like, "Really?" And then he turns like he's <laughs> like he's talking to Mulder, and that's when I knew something was weird. And because there's it's like you think you're still inside of his story, but it's him telling his story. I love the way they do that mm-hmm. like it it's a cool feeling, and they did it again later on with the kid but mm-hmm. and then, when he says that and Scully's reaction at what point <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: um, so it was it was really great to set the stage for that too is that it was all in the same garage, so it mm-hmm. made it really easy for them to segue from like he's looking over here at Jesse Ventura. Oh, and then directly back over at, the, at Mulder and Scully, and yeah. you just, you're just like, oh, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This is a different time and place. Right. This is genius. Great move.
2: I really, really enjoyed that. This episode was directed by Rob Bowman, um, and I'm going to pull up because he has done some uh, movies that you've probably seen before. Um, but they did that same move, that same kind of camera thing, um, later on with the kid where he's getting slapped by Mulder. And then, because uh, it's what happens is, it's when the Men in Black come in and he pull Jesse Ventura pulls off the backbreaker on him and just drops the kid, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is That's so brilliant I've because like mm-hmm. the kid's in the middle of saying something and he just grabs him like by the scruff of the neck and and just picks him up as the kid's saying Roswell, Roswell, and he just <laughs> drops him on his knee and drops him there. Like it was actually an impressive little stunt move. I don't know if that, mm-hmm. that was good. I don't know if that actor had any uh any stunt work or like professional wrestling background of his own but he took that bump really well. Um <laughs> but then you see him laying there and then it's when Mulder shows up and slaps him and I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> they did it again. That's that's really well done. Yeah. I love stuff like mm-hmm. that." Um but getting back to the, I would... Oh, go ahead.
0: I was I was just gonna say I would love to point out how Jesse Ventura's acting to <laughs> me seems to have inspired Kevin from the office in a lot of ways. <laughs> like if you just listen to him talk, it's it's just it's just you know a lot of people confuse Venus. <laughs> You're like, wait, that's that's Kevin from the office. That's yeah. not Jesse Ventura. Yeah, it's it pretty funny. dang good. And anyway, it's such a yeah, good that just made me think.
2: Like Ventura is so good in this episode because He's supposed to be weird and like not quite right, and his
0: ponytail sticking out from under his black fedora. Yep,
2: <laughs> and and to have a pro wrestler delivering these lines almost like he's giving a pro uh, promo is perfect Yes. because he just it just, it doesn't sound like what a normal person would speak, and so no. he's he's perfect for that. But then there's that moment when Mulder comes back into the room. So the the Men in Black show up three times. They show up in this guy's garage. Uh, for a fun little scene. And then they show up at the kid's house, where he walks in, rips his VCR open, takes the tape out of it, <laughs> gives the kid a backbreaker and leaves. And then they show <laughs> up.
0: Why Why would he trash the VCR? Like, <laughs> just hit the button, dude. Like, you ripped the roof off of the thing. Like, well, I mean, you've got sit.
1: Jesse Ventura. Just let him do
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the, the third time is in Scully's uh, hotel room when Mulder comes back. And what I like about that one is the first part of it, when he walks into the room, he's like, where's Scully? And you just get Jesse Ventura's reaction. It's like, she, uh, she went to get some ice. <laughs> like he's not quite, he, it's almost like he's getting caught out of character for a second. Uh, and it was just one of those things that like, the more times I watch this episode, the, the more little things I notice like that. And then he's like, slips right back into it when Scully shows back up mm-hmm. and he immediately mm-hmm. is like practiced with all that he's saying. Um,
1: I I was just looking it up. This is a year out from Ventura becoming governor of Minnesota. A year.
2: (laughs) From
0: X-Files to the governor of Minnesota. People didn't know his name. You know, it had been a long time since Predator. He (laughs) had to get it back out there.
2: Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. Ain't got time to bleed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we get our third special guest. This is the super secret special guest in the episode. Uh, Because he's only in one shot, one scene. And that is Mr. Alex Trebek. And it is such a great joke. Because the first time the men in black show up, you see Jesse Ventura get out and he's speaking. And you get the other man in black just puts his hand on the guy's shoulder. The second scene with them, Ventura comes in all bombastic, throws, uh, you know, rips open the VCR, all that kind of stuff. And you see the other man in black... And when the kid turns and looks at him, he like smiles with this recognition of like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" And then the third time, we find out who it is, and it just camera cuts to it, and it's just Alex Trebek, and he's like, "You're feeling very tired." And, <laughs> and then well, to I cut loved, to, but then to I cut back,
1: it's, it's Alex Trebek as Alex Trebek. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, and then and then to cut back and have the reaction of like. Alex Trebek, the game show host? And it's like, well, I mean, it's somebody who looked like him. <laughs> but it's such a great, like, that's such a great joke. And to play mm-hmm. it out the way that they did. Like, Stephen, what was your reaction to that
0: moment? Oh, it's genius. It was, <laughs> I mean, I've al- I'm have i already just completely enamored by this whole episode. And then they pulled that. I was like, was that Alex Trebek? <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> <It> just Because <laughs> I kept waiting to see who it was because of, like, the relaxed posture of the previous guy who's just like, oh, oh, hi. You know? No, it turns out that's like Alex Trebek is an actual Man in Black. He and Jesse Ventura cruise around the country, <laughs> intruding on people, going, you didn't see what you think you <laughs> <Yeah>. saw. <laughs> By the way, I would watch that remake uh, if they decided to do Men in Black and they're like, you know what? We could cast Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, but I mean, these guys are already pros. They've already done it. Yeah. Alex Trebek and Jesse Ventura in Men in Black. I just, I mean, I'd pay all that money
2: going around telling people all they saw was the planet venus. <laughs> yeah.
0: All you saw was planet venus. <laughs> what
2: what I love too is the way he would uh he would say things like your the president of your united states. James <laughs> J Carter Jr. and like and then the guys reaction to that is just I'm a I'm republican. A republican. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a really good joke. I don't care who you, that's a, a funny good. joke to pull to put in there. Um, (laughs) it's really good. And this is a Darren Morgan written episode. He was kind of the story editor for it. I mean, it's a show, so they've got like a writer's room, but he was known for some of these kinds of episodes, um, these kind of sillier episodes, if I remember correctly. Uh, but yeah, I love that. And then I loved, uh, the kid. I liked the cop too, the, uh, the detective that basically is just there to fake swear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, all the fake swearing just had me over a barrel. I love <laughs> that. I love that it was this blankety blank. You're going to talk to this blank head? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was what, just well,
1: the best. The funny thing is if you did that today, they would just swear, they would do a bleep out. You know mm-hmm. they do the, yeah. Like in Scott Pilgrim, they do that a couple times. But I love that they committed to just that's their dialogue. Like right. instead of the swear word, they say bleepity-bleep.
2: And I like that they made the joke, but then they kept with it throughout the rest of the episode without ever referencing it again. So you know when Scully mm-hmm. is telling the story. Right. Mm-hmm. You know it's Scully telling all these parts because that's that guy saying it. And, and I love that. Like, so, the, this episode is so well written and then performed because you have Scully and Mulder acting as they do throughout the entirety of the series. It's exactly how yeah. they are. But then you have these few moments where it's somebody else telling the story. And so they just act a little bit weird, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, they're just the, a little
0: bit more embellished.
2: The Mulder eating sweet potato pie is just a little bit different than what Mulder is normally like. Not very far, but a little bit. Um, right. Obviously,
0: the nerdy guy who was at the scene different. of the al- <laughs> the nerdy guy who was at the scene of the alien crash, like where they found the body. <laughs> yes. And he's retelling the story, and he's like. There was, a, there was a woman who was definitely, a, or there was another, a few, couple men. One looked like a woman, but they weren't pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. Very, re, you know, red hair, but a little too red. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, what is he on about? This uh, is amazing.
2: Uh, Amy had a note about that, too, which is like, come on, man. And, but the funny thing about that is, like, that makes perfect sense given who that guy is, because he's a mm-hmm. shut-in. Sure. So, like, his idea yeah. of what a woman's going to look like uh, is not going to be Dana Scully. At all. Right. No. Right. This Not is, to uh, mention
1: the, the red hair is like just about the ultimate meta joke of the episode.
2: Yeah. That's very, very true. Um, I loved things like when people are telling a story and then it takes a left turn on you out of nowhere. Like when the kid is telling a story about where they're trapped in the um, the cages. And he's like, I looked over and the other alien was over there. And, and Mulder's like leaning in like, well, what did he do? And you just get, well. And then you just see the alien put a cigarette up to his mouth and take a drag <laughs> off of it. And and it's like, it, y- y- you can hear him explaining this to Mulder in your head. And it just cuts back to Mulder with like this weird look on his face. And then when, when he talks later, you know, later on in that scene, he mentions that the alien just kept saying, this isn't happening. This isn't over and over. And he's like, telepathically in your head? And he's like, no, it was, it was English. Yeah. He was just speaking. <laughs> um, I love that because Mulder is... Mulder is very classically like a, uh, is, will lead the witness. And he does it in this episode, too, when uh, Rocky starts talking about these strange men. I don't remember what they looked like, but I remember they were all dressed in black. Like, Mulder's mm-hmm. terrible at doing that. Um, and so to have it be a, kind of a running gag in this episode is also really funny to me.
0: Mm-hmm. And Scully calls him out on it, too. Yep. He's like, you're telling him what he saw. Yep. He's like, we need to hypnotize them again. <laughs> need more information and i love that the hypnosis scenes with the girl it was basically whatever was happening in front of her you just overlaid aliens on top of it and that's what she was seeing yep. like, oh yeah she saw aliens that's that's what it was well, for all those but scenes it's, it's like, like
1: even when it was the government people it's still the same yeah. setup of people yeah that they're seeing doctor in
0: front of her mm-hmm. people arguing in the background yeah it was the same either aliens or whatever and that was cool. they did that
2: a couple times because if you notice the initial interrogation when they have the boy there um, the it's the exact same camera setup and the detective walking in saying, you know, whatever are you are you sure you would you be willing to take a polygraph for that like all of those lines and and all of that camera work and everything is exactly the same as then when it's Scully sitting at the desk and Mulder walking around behind her and they're asking mm-hmm. the same questions where he flipped his story. So again, there's that unreliable narrator thing. And I love that. Uh, it also did have the prison rape joke, which was a little, yeah. Eh, but it's like, I also kind of, I get where they were trying to go. Uh, it's just probably not a joke that plays as funny today. Um, oh, no. Yeah. I yeah, was like, was, Ooh, was that, I forgot I wrote, about that.
0: I wrote that note. <laughs> it's like the rape threat was hugely unexpected. <laughs> I did not see that coming.
2: Uh, Amy's note was they don't bringing, pull punches. bringing up prison rape is in interesting choice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I loved, yes, it was. I I loved that kind of stuff where they would reuse a setup and just give you the same thing with different people involved. Uh, mm-hmm. Something about that is always fun to me. The the hypnosis one is my favorite one though, because you've got oh, like yeah, when she looks over to the side and it's, you know, he's laying there, but he's not really there. And then you see what she's looking at. And it's a table of Tim Horton's donuts,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: giving away the fact that the show is shot in, Canada. Yeah, Canada. Because they they were filming everything in Vancouver. Um yeah, it's just uh, it's such a fun episode because of all these elements. Um again, Charles Nelson Reilly, who we haven't talked about a ton, but he's he's delightful in this. He's like he's this He's great. He's he's a strangely like warm little old man, um but uh, there's also like when Scully first, first meets him, And it was one of those where she's like, I didn't really want to talk to you, but I love your work. I'm a huge fan. And then, uh, and Amy had a note about that, which is the Scully's face after he said, uh, he thought she was just a brainy beauty is priceless. Never meet your heroes. Mm -hmm. Um, and like the fact that he has, he has the manifesto right there where he's like, I have his manifesto. They sent it to my publisher. Um, or he had the alien autopsy tape like ready to go and so he's showing that to her and that's a brilliant scene too because I don't know if either do either of you remember the the alien autopsy in the mid 90s it was probably like a year before this or, or two where it was like vaguely a, yeah, i remember vaguely. it happened it was a big thing and i think it played on fox if i remember correctly like that was the special was on the fox network and it was surprise, this surprise. huge deal and so for them to poke fun at that is brilliant uh, I love that. And it was the amazing Yabi, I think was, uh, was who hosted their, their tape. If you read <laughs> what it was. Um, but I liked that they were poking now fun at that out. and they were doing like, you know, the whole, because she actually did this autopsy on what was going on there. And then for her to be like, oh, whoever got a hold, like the camera work is terrible and it's all edited funny. And that was the thing. The actual like special was exactly like that. It was it was like somebody who'd never held a camera before was running around trying to film from all the different <laughs> angles at the same time and it was all like terrible audio and it was chopped all to hell. Like so they, they recreated that perfectly. Um and, I, and then I love her reaction too, which is, yeah, but they they cut out all the actual important findings and it's her finding that there's a zipper and they take mm, the yeah. the mask
0: off. Yeah. And then the kid Which feels like something you would do before you got the alien into the lab. You would be like that feels like latex. Maybe not. Maybe you do. Start poking it with sticks, and then and then you're like, oh, this is a human. Like, what are we doing? Yeah.
2: I also like how the kid's reaction, like when he realizes it's a dead person and not an alien, and he starts to throw up and run out of the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that's what does it. Um, uh, yeah,
1: I love that he had to run out of the room. I'm like, dude, there's a huge sink basin like right there. <laughs> yeah. you just go.
2: Oh, and then the military gets involved and you start getting all the, uh, all the stuff there. It's, there was a Mm -hmm. good instance though of where you see like Mulder is not dumb and, and while they, they play him a little bit funny in, in episodes like this, like he's really smart and he can get information that he needs and he got the information out of that military that was brilliant, Brilliant. Really, really liked that. Um, yeah, it's just—I mean, I can keep going, but like Charles Nelson mm-hmm. Riley again has some some of my favorite lines in this, uh, and I did capture a few of those. Um, but I like the character of Jose Chung is like he genuinely wants to know this story. Mm-hmm. He's that mm-hmm. he's that kind of author. He wants the the truth behind what's going on here, um, but he also freely admits that he's writing this book for money, which is yeah. to me yeah. also quite funny, just the way he does that. Where because Scully. Again, adores his work and thinks she's going to get some profound answer out of him. He's like, well, basically, so I can make some money. And she sort of see her get just a little bit crestfallen from that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's, you know, she really loves his work. Yeah. It turns out he's just after a living like the rest of us. Yeah,
2: pretty much he's just a Dang heck. it. Um, yeah. I also, I loved how they played with the, two, the, the typical alien abduction. Um, where they come out of the uh, the hypnosis with the girl, and Mulder's like, it's got all the classic hallmarks of an alien abduction. And Scully, the skeptic, is like, exactly. It's too typical. It's <laughs> yeah. a story that everybody knows. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's the, the catch-22, right? Either the story that's being told is exactly like everyone else's story, which makes it unbelievable because they've heard the story before, or it doesn't match up with your typical stories, and so it's unbelievable because it doesn't match what other people have experienced.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah again it's the bias that you go in with yep. and is is what you're you're going to carry that back out uh in any kind of unexplained you know belief driven system you're going to go in and find what you're looking for i promise you go looking for aliens you're going to find them mm-hmm. i know you will or you're going to find enough information to keep you hunting for them and that's yes. how this what,
1: stuff works. That's what makes the Mulder Scully relationship so amazing. Like Steven, watch some more X Files. Just a little bit. Yeah. Because he's so biased to the skepticism, to whatever could be possible. And she is so biased to the science of it. And they mm-hmm. just they don't butt heads. It's like um the perfect debate team where you've got the opposite sides of the debate. Who can catch each other perfectly, and each try to yeah. poke and prod at each other's, uh, you know, theories of what is it, or what is it not, and it's yep. so fun. Yeah.
0: Well, you don't get better at something by hanging out with everybody who thinks like you do. You get better mm-hmm. at, at testing your metal with someone who wants to find the other point, and then mm-hmm. you chit chat. But that's the key. They can do it, and they're partners, and they don't dislike each other. At least from this episode, it didn't seem like they didn't dislike each other. They may get exhausted with one another, <laughs> but I found it to be very much a, more of a tennis match. Like, we're having a great time. We're playing this game. You don't want to believe it. I do, and we're mm-hmm. going to keep poking holes in each other's theories until, well, forever. Because well, <laughs> neither of them is ever going to let up.
2: And, and that was the brilliance of the show, was that it was framed, and it started off, Scully was assigned to the X-Files uh, specifically to debunk the cases that agent Mulder dealt with because nobody else wanted to work with him. Mm. And she's a, she's a doctor and she's got a medical doctor and science background. So that's why she's there. So they are perfect foils for each other because he is very steadfast in what he believes. She is as well. They butt heads, but they respect each other enough that they listen to each other. And Mm -hmm. as Phil in the chat is saying, the show doesn't play favorites with either one either. They let you kind of have both of them there. And it works. It works because they don't lean too far in one way or the other, but yet the show is, like, fantastical. I mean, the stuff that we're seeing as mm-hmm. the audience, we know what's going on, but, you know, something will happen that will... that would be explainable for Scully at some point, usually. Um, mm-hmm. Or she'll just miss it entirely.
1: That's um, the fun thing, too. Like, it's never Mulder convincing Scully these thing crazy things are actually happening. It's them at the end of the episode... Finding their truth of what it was. And yep. you know, Mulder's like, Yep, there's more aliens, and Scully is like,
0: oh, no. <laughs> Swamp gas. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the big question I want to know. Sure. Travis, does does do you are you a Scully or are you a Mulder? Because you've done this whole X file like people don't know. <laughs> but Travis has been into the paranormal. I have and so I want to know mm-hmm. where you're at on yeah. the, the X Files.
2: So I have, I have always been fascinated by Supernatural and Paranormal. Um, it, part of it comes from growing up listening to Art Bell in the middle of the night, uh, and then George Norrie after him, reading you know, science fiction, uh, diving into conspiracy theories at the time, like the, the fun conspiracy theories. Um, so I've always been fascinated by it. But as I've gotten older, I've become more pragmatic in my thought process. So I would say when I was younger, I was much more of a molder and I've leaned, I've, I've, I've drifted back to the middle of that spectrum between the two of them. I do think there are things we can't explain in our, in the natural world, the way that it is now, what those are, I don't know. Like, like we re- you know, recordings or, or video footage or photos or something. A lot of them can be explained away but there's that small percentage of them that you can't explain away with our current knowledge, but what could it be? Well, it's probably got an explanation. We just need to find it. You know, if you went back 200 years and there's radio signals bouncing around, there's like radio noise, that would freak people out. That's magic to them. But we now know what radio is and we've discovered that and that kind of thing. So like that's kind of where I fall. Is like, I want to understand it. I want to figure out what it is that's going on. If somebody is, is seeing uh, a, you know, a, a glass on a table and then it moves on its own. Well, what caused that to happen? Not, oh, it has to be a ghost. It has to be a spirit. It has to be, you know, Bigfoot. But what is it? What, what did that? Like I have, I, in my travels and in my kind of investigations and things that I have done, which admittedly are extremely amateur level, I have had experiences that i cannot explain i have had recordings of things i cannot explain what happened in that recording and i still haven't been able to figure it out but i really really want to so sure that's where i'm so at.
0: so the longer you get the more you look at the facts and then you work your way towards the solution rather than the solution reinforcing yes the facts or yes. whatever you know you're you're yeah Audi, where, you, where do you are you a are you a molder or a scully I, I think I'm with Travis and kind of in between.
1: Like, I'm just thinking about, what was it last year? The government admitted, yeah, we've had UFOs. We don't know where they're from. And everybody jumps on it like they're aliens. And it's like, (laughs) that's not exactly what they said. They just said, there's this stuff we can't explain and we're admitting it now. So it's like, I don't know. There's so much stuff out there and so many things that we keep discovering things. And it's just like, okay, well, we didn't know that, so what else don't we know yet that we're going to find out and figure out one way or another?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. And, I, and I will say that while I enjoy you know, conspiracy theories, I enjoy the, the ideas behind a lot of this stuff and I want to figure it out, I also abhor anybody who profits off of it or tries to manipulate people involved in it, like... Mm-hmm. There was a time, James Randi is a is a prime example of somebody who was very, very, very skeptical, right? He had his whole skeptic society. He had his prize of if anyone can prove something paranormal, I will give you a million dollars, whatever it was. And when I was younger, I didn't appreciate what he was trying to do because I just thought of him as this curmudgeonly old man that was like, ah, nothing's real. It's all fake. Well, no, like 99.99% of it is. And and he never had anybody that had verifiable repeatable way to do something that they claim to be paranormal. But he was in the business of outing the charlatans, the, the, the Uri Gellers and John Edwards of the world that are, that are doing Mm -hmm. things and, and like bringing a bad light to a lot of this kind of stuff. Like, sure. I don't necessarily believe that the recordings I have are a ghost, but I don't understand what happened on the recording to get this sound on there or what happened with this uh, radio, this piece of radio equipment to get this sound, and I can't figure out what it was. And that's what I want to figure out, but, but I also don't want to just blindly like, believe whatever uh, happens out there because there's people that prey on that, and there are people that are uh, far more faith-based in their beliefs, and they want to find that, so there's a little bit of confirmation bias there, but you can also prey on people like that, and that really bothered me. Uh, when I first yeah. started and would do some of these ghost hunt investigation things, um, I specifically would only work with people that were that were in it to try and help people figure out what they were experiencing. You know, we would if we had somebody who said, "Hey, we're having troubles." We had a, a, a family where um, you know somebody was having trouble sleeping and all this kind of stuff, and they were they were experiencing things at night in their bed, and we tried to figure out. Well, what environmental causes could be leading to this as well as, hey, you know, you might want to see somebody about sleep issues if you're having this much trouble sleeping at night, like those kinds of things. And those were the people that I would work with. I wouldn't go hardcore into, like, the people that are, that are. well, it's definitely this, it's definitely that. Like, we don't know. So if we come at it pragmatically, and that, that's the way that I did And that was one of the reasons why a show like The X-Files, for me, was something that I could latch on to because... It explored these ideas while still looking at them from a from a scientific idea and also from like a skeptical idea, and it never it never leaned in one direction or the other. It didn't say "All of this is bupkis or you know all of it is absolutely hundred percent true. It, it let you draw some of your own conclusions to to how things went. so I really like right that in this show. I just wanted to mention that
0: yeah for me like it's it's about i i think life is short and it's way more fun to believe that some of this stuff exists and some of it's more like interesting it's like you know what i i could go around debunking bigfoot and squonks and stuff and other other lumberjack cryptids like maybe what if there was a Jersey devil i mean sure. that's cool like why wow, that would be great that'd be a really weird world to live in and it'd be all right and the thing about I, I think I, I stand with you firmly in the don't uh, don't capitalize on other people's like hellbop guy you know could die in a fire like uh-huh. that's ridiculous and you took people down with you because of this nonsense that's that's different or the people that like sold their homes and drove around in an RV because 2012 was going to be the end of the world right like <laughs> mm-hmm. shenanigans uh, don't do that but if I'm sitting around going. Hey, I saw something weird. It could be alien. Maybe it is. Who knows? Um, I have a lot more fun with that, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure that, that my imagination appreciates the possibility. But it also makes me very gullible uh, to like everything. So I have to be very guarded. That way, I hang around the right friends. Because if I hang around <laughs> the wrong ones, I'll be like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Well, um and that's kind so of the know, thing, right?
2: Like that's that's sort of the thing. Is is in. Uh, entertain the idea, but, but be grounded in it. Like, no, not every person Mm -hmm. who says they've had an experience that they feel is paranormal is lying to you. They may either be mistaken. They may misinterpret what's going on, or they may have had some sort of genuine, we don't know what happened experience, but at the same time, don't take every person who's told you they've seen a ghost at face value because there's a lot of ways that, that we fool ourselves too. And that's another thing that as I've gotten older and as I've researched things and listened to people more, I kind of came to realize is there's a lot of ways that human beings do trick ourselves into believing things. Um, but oh, I still sure. am utterly fascinated by all of it, and I, I always mm-hmm. like to check it out. So, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm skeptical, but I'm skeptical in the sense of I'm asking questions. I'm not cynical and just dismissing everything outright. Right. Which the skeptical society and people that that identify themselves as skeptics have gotten to that point where it's just they're cynically like nope none of this is real can't be it's, it's yeah. all it's all bull and I don't agree with that they're probably not wrong on most of it uh, but there's there's that small percentage that's a little weird and plus again life's too short have some fun it's fun stories if nothing else if you're not hurting mm-hmm. someone with it if you're not causing if you're not profiting off somebody else's misery. Or causing someone, um, you know, kind of know your audience, right? Like, like don't overdo it. Have fun with it. X-Files is a classic case of that. Uh, Fringe was another show that, that dealt with a lot of stuff um, where there was skeptical takes on it during, especially the early episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love stuff like that because it does make for fascinating stories.
1: So. Well, and it makes for a modern-day mythology that we just don't have as much. Yeah. You know, like... So much of the world so long ago was explained in different ways. And we've become such a science-based society now that it's either we can prove it or it's wrong. You know? So, like, if I can't, can't prove it, then it's not really this mystical thing. It's just something I haven't proven yet. And it's like, well, let's be open to maybe something weird is happening that we can't and never will be able to explain.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's, and and it's all fascinating to me. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, hey, did either of you catch one of the fun little Easter eggs in this episode? Because I'm looking at uh, my notes from Amy, and she did. So I'm curious if either of you caught uh, a fun little Easter egg in the diner. I will tell you that. It was in the diner. I'll give you a minute to figure that out. Uh, while you're thinking of that, um, I... Well, okay. Audie, did you happen to catch uh, the little Easter egg there? Do you remember I... anything from the diner?
1: Not specifically. Nothing that. Okay. I
2: can Steven, remember. did anything in the diner make you think of another science fiction movie,
0: perhaps? No. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Close Encounters of a Third Kind. He was messing with his mashed potatoes with his fork, and he was oh. making the little mountain.
2: We have a winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ding, is ding, correct. Ding. Amy Amy put that in her notes of Close Encounter Potatoes. Um, yeah, I saw I, that. I love that. That's, again, that's fun stuff that you just know somebody was like, oh, this would be this would be great to do. Like <laughs> That feels like a last minute, oh, no, do this with the mashed potatoes on the plate. That'll be fun. Uh, and, yeah. they, and it was they so kinda, absent-minded. It mm-hmm. he was,
0: he yeah. was the cameras focusing on him doing his thing. He's just over there, bloop, bloop, This <laughs> episode this feels ridges.
1: like they. Chris Carter walked into the writer's room and said, okay, fellas, ladies, we're going to have some fun with this one.
2: Oh yeah, Yeah. oh yeah. Uh, I do have a few more uh, audio clips I want to play for you guys of this episode because this one was full of great stuff. Uh, It was. Oh my god! It's not. It's not only. Um, (laughs) I'm gonna play the hell out of that. Uh, That's so great. When when Mulder (laughs) is reading the manifesto, when he's reading uh, Rocky's thing, um, what I loved about that is as he's going and it's like cutting back and forth between him reading it and all that. But then when he gets to the end. ends part of it, and he says, Whose name, he soon
0: told me, was Lord Kinboat.
2: <laughs> and you've got that kind of fun music playing there for a minute, and he just looks mm-hmm. up at Scully like, All right, this guy's a bit of a crackpot. <laughs> you win. <laughs> 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 that that got me. Um, and, and then to have that brought up again later, that's the other good part, is then Mulder, when he's retelling his story with uh, Lieutenant Schaefer, and he mentions the third alien, and Schaefer's like, "Oh, you mean Lord Kinboat? And then he just gets hauled <laughs> off. Uh, that that cracked me up. Like that's another one of those well-placed, well placed, well well paid off jokes. Um,
0: I love that Lord Kinboat also <laughs> spoke in the King James English. Yes, he's like, "Do not be afraid." Oh, I bequeathed was, to you, blood. I was just amazing, so good so good. Mm-hmm. uh
2: I've got a few Charles Nelson Riley lines as Jose Chung um when he first meets Scully uh, and he he mentions uh thinking she's just a brainy beauty.
0: Now I find out that you also have good taste
2: <laughs> like he's immediately <laughs> all right, you're a fan, I like you um His admission of why he's writing the book In short, to answer your question Money. <laughs> and the way he says it, too. <laughs> just leans onto his hands. They did so, a good s- job. Oh, he's so good in this. Um... Oh, uh, when he's talking about uh, reality, I liked this. This was a very like salient line, I
0: thought, or salient point. Truth is as subjective as reality. It's true. I yeah. like that. We just got done talking about it. Mm-hmm. You find what you want.
2: Yeah. Uh, when Scully mentions about the, the language...
0: I'm familiar with that uh, detective manner's as colorful phraseology.
2: Colorful phraseology. Phraseology. I like, I like that word.
0: This this dude actually activated my ASMR at points. Like, I was, he would he would just get real soft and just mm-hmm. speak lightly while he was opening his book. And I'm like, I'm going to sleep. Wait. <laughs> I'm like...
2: He kind of. It's interesting because he has that little bit of a lisp. And he's got, mm-hmm. and it's not what you would classically consider to be a soothing voice, but he's able to do something very, like, soft with it. I don't, Yeah, that's the yeah. only way I can describe it. Um, and then when he's got the manifesto, which I love when Scully's like, so he's, is, he is what's classically known as and he's like, you're so kind-hearted. He's a nut. <laughs> <laughs> I just read his manifesto, but the way he describes.
1: I don't know what was most disturbing. His description of the inner core reincarnated soul's sex orgy or the fact that the whole thing is written in screenplay format
2: <laughs> which you know as a novelist <laughs> the, as an as a novelist he hates uh-huh. screenplay format, <laughs> right yeah and he um, would recognize
1: it so easily and see it oh yeah yeah Hated uh, sex and,
0: orgy.
2: <laughs> again, the way he says that, which that was another note of Amy's, which is, I want to go to the inner core reincarnated soul sex orgy. I bet it's like that scene in the ma- in the second Matrix movie.
1: <laughs> yup.
2: Um, I love repeating jokes and repeating uh, lines or motifs when when shows and movies will do that, and they'll pay off a joke over and over because the first time, it's the it's the man in black putting his hand on somebody's shoulder and then you get a little bit more each time. And they did that with, uh, with You're a Dead Man. and Because the first time, it's just the man in black, and he's just threatening him. But then the kid remembers it from his men in black, which is Mulder and Scully. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, I got those. You're a dead
1: man. You're a dead man. You're
2: a dead man. Everybody threatening <laughs> <So> everybody. <good. laughs> and finally, this one's going to be a little long, but it's worth it. And this is uh, the detective Throughout the episode So here you go You really bleeped up this case Oh you bet your blankety blank bleep on you Those kids stories couldn't be more bleeping different I just got a call from some crazy bleephead Claiming he was an eyewitness to this alien abduction
0: You
2: feel like talking to this
0: blank hole
2: Hey I just got a call from some crazy blankety blank Claiming he found a real live dead alien body
0: Yeah that's a bleeping dead alien body If I ever bleep and saw one well, and who is this Bleep? He said they just found your Bleep in UFO. Bleep.
2: My favorite one is the last one <laughs> at the end of the episode where he just, <laughs> it's just him saying, Bleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so smart. Oh my God. Such smart writing. Uh-huh. It, is it is just top notch, mm. man. Like, it's just great. Just and to then, carry
1: that joke throughout the episode. It's, oh, just yeah. It's brilliant
2: kept kept it going and and they pulled all of the alien abduction tropes right so it's Mm -hmm. the military involved the experimental aircraft is what actually it was and like that moment where they're carrying the bodies off and like Mulder sees Schaefer and he's like whoa and he follows him and then they see the guy that they did the autopsy on whose body disappeared on them and I loved all of that I also there's a few really good camera moves in this episode. And one of them was that shot of Mulder. Like there, there's that cinematic thing I was talking about. X-Files really did a good job of feeling like little mini movies, the way they would shoot them, mm-hmm. which wasn't nearly as common as, as it is now to shoot a television show like that, you know, typical television shows were your three camera sitcoms and you would have your dramas, but they were, they were very rarely like dynamically shot. Uh, yeah. the way that a film is shot. And this was...
0: It's expensive to set up camera shots, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, if that's why we have procedurals. They're cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Making making shows like this are, is expensive.
2: Yeah, and I mentioned Rob Bowman was the director. He had gotten his start on TV with stuff like, uh, you know, episodes of The Highwaymen, MacGyver, uh, a- Alien Nation, did some Star Trek The Next Ooh. Generation, uh, did this. But he directed the X-Files movie in 1998. Um, he directed a movie called Airborne in 1993. Uh, and Reign of Fire in 2002. Which, Dang. if you haven't seen that, is a really good uh, di- uh, dragon movie. Yeah, Unfortunately, he followed up Reign of Fire with Electra, But hey, they can't all be winners. Eh, um, nah, you know. He's since kind of gone back to uh, television. Uh, Castle, The Crossing, Quantico, that kind of stuff. But, but he has um, a really good eye for kind of just interesting visuals and so i always i always pay attention to that when i see uh tv shows and just i liked like some dolly shots in this and so i want to mention that so steven you've seen this now you have now uh broken uh the uh the tape and you have uh, unsealed yeah. the x-files for yourself are you going to watch more
0: i'm totally Totally. Like, if we could sit down, if I could get through all the popular TV that seems to be coming (laughs) at me like a fire hose right now and get some time back, yeah, I'm totally down for this. And Stephanie, my wife used to watch it as a kid, so like she remembers her family sitting down like Oddie's and and watching it every Friday. So I think I could get her into it. We could just... That could be our thing for a a little while. Yeah. It's great. Loved it.
2: Just remember, they're not all funny like this one, but they're all really well done.
0: Mm -hmm. But it's... It's smart. This <laughs> is and that's. It doesn't have to be funny, but I can tell the writing staff cares. It's a yes. smart show, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm down for that.
2: Audio. How about you? Are you going to go back and watch some more uh, X Files now, or you, you kind of had um, your fill?
1: Probably not, because like Stephen said, there's so much other good crap out there right now <laughs> that's coming out and stuff. But um, yeah, we'll see. I might go back um, after watching this one. I want to go back and watch a regular, normal quote unquote X Files Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah I might go back because I remember so much (laughs) of the the arcs that happened yeah that were really cool that you know a little bit in this episode a little bit in the next one a little bit in the next one on top of the procedural thing they were doing
2: yep I'm definitely going to go back and watch some more this is going to become something that I kind of can use like background where because I've seen it plenty of times but i do kind of want to go back and re-watch some of the series and see some things one thing the series did that i thought was really really cool was again there was a movie it came out in 1998 which was mm-hmm. after five seasons of the show and this was kind of unheard of in that they wrote the show right into the movie had the movie which then came out right into the next season uh, not perfectly because oh, wow. of, like, timing, but but they had it set up for all of that, which, again, was not something that was very normal for television in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I very much enjoyed that. I'm definitely going to be watching some more. It's hard to say for Amy if she's going to or not, uh, mostly because she's apparently been abducted by aliens or the men mm-hmm. in black. Uh, but um, being a bit of a self-proclaimed wimp, uh, I can see her not going back to too many of them. Because uh, there are some episodes that are pretty... Tough to watch.
0: <laughs> oh, she's she's somehow uh, radioing us from beyond. Oh, to oh, say that oh! She she she's still a wimp. Okay. Well, <laughs> in that case, then
2: we know we know our answer now. Thank you, Amy, for contacting us. Hopefully, we'll yeah. be back next week. Speaking of next week, we're continuing special guest stars. And Audie, you've got a little something for us. What what are we yep. going to be watching uh, this week?
1: Next. I chose for a very special reason the Muppet Show, I'm doing yes! season three, episode fourteen, where the very special guest is Harry Belafonte.
2: Ooh, all right.
0: Dale. So we're
2: watching
1: some <laughs> and, ready- Muppets, oh, and, I and we'll can't get wait into it that. next week. But I have like a very personal connection to one of the songs in that show, and it's—I'll tell the story next week. But um, yeah, it's going to be fun.
0: I'm Excellent. so excited! Oh. I'm such a Muppet fan. This is oh gosh! I told Stephanie the other day, and I say this before I was like, if you ever if you were sitting on the subway in New York City, and you saw Kermit the Frog like on his way to work, you wouldn't miss a beat. That would be the most <laughs> normal thing you'd ever seen in your life because they've made them so real over the course of the last fifty years. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. If I saw Big Bird like just wandering around, I'd be like, holy crap, Big Bird! That's mm-hmm. crazy. He must be on his way to work. <laughs> Wouldn't think twice.
2: Just just Big Bird, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Uh, big deal.
2: So, feedback-wise, we did get a little bit this week. Um, Kiona Tang uh, mentioned and actually retweeted us and saying, an all-time favorite X-Files episode of mine. So, that's cool. Kiona Kiona Tang on Twitter. Nice. Um, And uh, I don't know. I think that might be the only tweet. I didn't check
0: email, though. Okay, I, I always forget to check. I don't think email. we got any emails. That's such an antiquated technology. You know? <laughs> it is, it is. Trying to keep track, of. but a
2: little bit, a little bit of feedback there. If you want to send us feedback, uh, tweet us at those days show, or email us those were the days show at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you think of the shows that we're watching. If you are listening to this right now, let us know what did you think about the Muppets, specifically yeah. the episode with Harry Belafonte. But the Muppets in general, do you like the Muppets? Do you still mm-hmm. like the Muppets? I, there's been a TikTok trend le- recently of the, the I think it's Lizzo's uh, song where they're mm-hmm. uh, it gets to the it's about that time and then they throw in a Muppet. So you got like the Swedish Chef starts rapping or Beaker or Animal, and it's brilliant. I love that. Like mm-hmm. anything with the Swedish Chef, I am going to enjoy. So yeah.
0: they know that too, mm-hmm. because when they did the Muppet Disney show, uh Muppets Live or whatever it was, like the Swedish chef was on every episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, they know they know what they're doing. But uh, uh, I, I think most of the time, sometimes they don't know what they're doing with the Muppets, which is a tragedy. Uh but when they know, they're mm-hmm. good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Muppets the Muppets are great. I cannot wait for this. It's season three, episode fourteen. Special guest Harry Belafonte uh that will be in the link for that will be in the show notes for this episode so go ahead and check that there watch the episode let us know what you thought
1: it's on disney plus at least if you've got that Mm -hmm. which i think most of us do now to watch obi-wan so
2: yeah it's fair uh the x-files by the way if you do want to watch it in the u.s is available on hulu and i believe outside the u.s it is part of disney plus if you're in canada or europe Um, there you go nice because when I was researching to find it, I thought, Oh great. It's on Disney plus. And then I realized, no, it's actually on Hulu, (laughs) but since Disney owns that, that's why. Uh, so yeah, um, that has been our look at X-Files season three, episode 20, Jose Chung's from outer space. Um, again, let us know what you think of this. Let us know what you think of the Muppets. We want to hear from you. So for Steven, for Adi and for Amy, who is at a reincarnated soul sex orgy in the earth's core, I am Travis saying, those were the days.
0: Have a bleepin' good night, everybody.